Welcome to the Mile High Fi Podcast. I'm Carl Jensen, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. And we have a crazy guest here. He's probably <laughs> the OG, as far as I know, of personal finance blogs. Who are you, and what do you do? Well, my name is Fred. Oh, that's not actually true. <laughs> no, my name is J.D. Roth, and uh, I founded GetRichSlowly.org in 2006 and uh, sold it uh, in 2009, but then bought it back eventually, and that's what I do now, and sometimes I actually write at it. This is very weird. Before I get into our, our opening here, this is a bit surreal for me because when I discovered financial independence, it was you and Mr. Money Mustache who were the first person I did people I discovered back in October of 2012. So here we are, like nine years later, almost. That's amazing. Yeah, holy shit! But I hear you <laughs> have a non-FI development in your life. You're now in a shitload of debt. Can you? That's right. Can you tell I, us what happened? I have almost a half a million dollars in debt. Because I sold the house that I owned outright and uh, took on a mortgage. I, I bought a $680,000 house, put $200,000 down. So I have a $480,000 mortgage for 30 years at 2.625%. And uh, I am pleased as peaches about it. I love it. Yeah. Congratulations. So Thanks. in your neck of the woods, does that get you a really nice house? Because if you're in some parts, that's going to get you a starter home. If you're in other parts, <laughs> it's going to get you a mansion. Where are you on that spectrum? Uh, I would say it's actually closer to the starter home than it is, uh, but, but it, it, it's not a starter home. It's not a mansion, though. It is a very nice house. Uh, it's um, uh, Pete, Mr. Money Mustache, if you're listening to this, plug your ears for two seconds. It's a 3,400 square foot. Okay, Pete, you can listen. It's a 3,400 square foot uh, house from 1964. It reminds me of the Brady Bunch house. It's not completely mid-century modern, but it's got you know the, the brick fireplaces that somebody's painted white now for some reason. And, uh, yeah, it's just the top floor. It's just your standard ranch house. The bottom floor, you got a TV room. You got a, a exercise room. There's a 600-square-foot room where I am actually going to put it in a library, in the process of putting in a library for all my books. And there's a guest room so that when Carl and Mindy come through town, they can stay with me instead of having to get a hotel. I take back all those mean things I just said <laughs> about your debt. <laughs> And is it in pretty good shape, or is it sort of yeah. a fixer-upper? No, it's not a fixer-upper. Um, there, you know, it's a 1964 house, so that's a great question, Doug. Uh, there, uh, the inspector found a few things uh, that were wrong with it, but nothing alarming, nothing even on the medium level. He's just like, yeah, here are some things that need to be fixed, and and that's primarily because in 2012 or 2013, somebody did not a complete remodel, but uh, uh, the kitchen was completely redone, and there's. Things have been taken care of. It's well taken care of. So. Cool. Okay, let's take a trip down memory lane. Let's I'm not going to say how many years because that'll age you and I. But <laughs> I, it, one of the things that I connected with you over your blog, at least in uh, virtually, I never met you before, was your parents struggled with money. They didn't oh, always yeah. make good decisions. Can you talk about what they did and how that shaped you, good or bad? Sure. So, uh, you know, my father, he grew up in a small rural town in Oregon. It was Canby, Oregon. And his father was a, a, a farmer. And uh, eventually he was the janitor at the high school. So uh, my dad's parents didn't have a lot of money. Um, my mom, I actually don't know my mom's parents' background that much. Um, I think her father was a teacher. I know he was a teacher. And but anyway, it doesn't matter. They both came to the marriage, my mom and my dad, came to the marriage without having strong financial skills. And 
my dad, he was a natural entrepreneur. He was always starting businesses and uh, those, some of the businesses were successful and so he would make some money, but he also, he knew how to spend money. He would spend money on big things. Uh, he spent money, uh, as Carl knows, he, he loved airplanes. So he would buy airplanes, he would buy sailboats, uh, he would buy computers, he would buy stereo equipment. Uh, he would spend money on this big stuff when we were young. He wouldn't buy us a house, uh, we lived in a trailer house, uh, and for most of the most of our lives, we were relatively poor because when times were flush, dad would spend on this stuff, and then times would be non-flush, uh, high unemployment, high inflation, that kind of thing, and he'd have to sell this stuff, and we were left high and dry. And meanwhile, my mom didn't really know how to manage household finances. This is back in the era of home economics when the the girls in high school would have to take home economics and they were expected to manage the household finances like that. Uh, but she didn't do a good job of it. So, but neither one of my parents managed money well and they fought constantly. They were always fighting about money. So as a kid, did you know what was going on? I'm sure the fighting didn't help anything, but did you know that money was the root of these issues? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was very clear because uh, dad would be like, where's all the money in the checkbook? Blaming mom. And mom's, of course, like, what's with the airplane over at the air park? And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I knew what was going on. I mean, I didn't understand the mechanics of it. And that's why, I, after I got older, I struggled with money, too. Because I never, I never had anybody to show me how money should be properly managed. And how many years did that go on where you didn't really have it figured out? Oh, for myself? Yeah. Like, when I was... Um, well, I graduated from college with the start of a, a credit card habit. I had some credit card debt, and that uh, continued. I'm having to do the math in my head. It continued till about 2004, so I was 35 years old then. So about 35, I realized, man, I don't know what the heck I'm doing with money, and it was clear to me. Uh, I was married at the time, at 35, and my wife and I kept completely separate finances. And Chris, she was amazing with money. She always had money for whatever she wanted. And I was like, wow, how does that work? And me, I was living uh, paycheck to paycheck on a, a decent salary, an average salary, but I had this $35,000 in consumer debt because anytime I would have even a little bit of cash in my account, I would spend it and then I'd be, get down to like $10 balance and I'd just wait for my next paycheck to come in and I'd get the money and I'd go out and rack up some more credit card debt or spend the money and have to wait with $10 in my account. I literally lived paycheck to paycheck and I knew to a penny how much I had in the checkbook. Wow. And that was 2004. Yeah. And then when did you start the blog? I started the blog in 2006. So in 2004, I had uh, a friend, I had two different friends. I, I complained about money constantly and my friends were always trying to give me advice. But you know, it's true what they say. You have to be ready to hear the advice. Otherwise, you're just going to complain. You have to be ready to... So I must have eventually reached rock bottom. My, my then wife and I had bought a new house in 2004, uh, which on paper we could afford. But once we got into it, Chris was able to do it just fine. But I was like, I was struggling. It felt like the straw that broke the camel's back, the, the new mortgage. Um, so... I started reading these personal finance books that my friends were recommending. So I re read Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. I know that Dave Ramsey's sort of a pariah in the FinCon community right now, but I happen to think he offers great advice for people who are in debt. And so I'm, I'm not going to throw him out just because, well, we won't go there. Sure. Okay. Um, 
uh, and then the other book was uh, Your Money or Your Life by Joe Dominguez and Vicky Robin that uh, somebody recommended. So I, I put those two books together, the concepts, and I started following them. In October of 2004, I made a uh, get out of debt plan for myself. I said, oh, if I do everything right, I can be out of debt in 39 months, December 2007. And uh, then the following sp uh, spring, so I made this plan in October of 2004. In, uh, I started reading personal finance books beyond just total money makeover and your money or your life. And uh, I, I went to the public library. I was trying to be frugal. I was trying to develop new habits. Instead of buying books, I would, I would get them from the public library. And uh, I've always been a writer, and I had a personal blog. And so to process what I was learning, I wrote a blog post that I called Get Rich Slowly. Because what I was seeing is I thought I saw a common thread. These books were saying there's no reliable way to get rich quickly, but there is a reliable way to get rich slowly. So I put that blog post out in May of 2005, and it went the 2005 version of viral, meaning Lifehacker picked it up, and Boing Boing, and a couple of other sites that uh, may or may not exist today. And uh, that led me then a year later to say, oh, I was, look, I was fishing around for ways to uh, make money. I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll start a, a blog, because I, I can I process my thoughts through writing, I can talk about getting out of debt. Maybe that'll help me, maybe it'll help some other people, and maybe I can make some money in the, uh, at the same time. I always find it curious to learn how people come to financial independence, and I think, uh, I'm trying to think in my head, a lot of people don't come like they're not, they don't come from a perfect family where their parents manage their money. A lot of people have to go through a bad situation, including myself, to figure it out. But I think that's okay, because... Uh, we had to go through a little bit of pain, but now I'm in a better place for a long period of time. So I had to yeah. pay my dues or, or something like that. I don't know. How do you, do you ever think about this, JD? How do you think most people arrive at financial independence? Well, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it, well, and there's a second question thrown in there. How do most people arrive at financial independence? So in, in my case, I was very fortunate. I'm going to come, you're going to have to remind me because I'm going to forget as I answer the second question. In my case, I got very fortunate with the blog, I think Carl knows this already, uh, that the, the blog was more successful than I had ever imagined it could be. Uh, I just started it as a, I thought maybe I would make a few hundred dollars to help me get out of debt. Well, I managed to get out of debt on schedule in December 2007, and then I was able to quit my day job in uh, March of 2008, and then a year later I was able to sell the blog, which was making great gobs of money more money than I could ever imagine. And I sold it and that allowed me to become financially independent in one fell swoop. So there are, I'm fortunate and I'm lucky and I get that. I did put in some hard work, but mainly it was luck, right? And so there are a lot of people who reach financial independence or gain wealth in the one fell swoop method, right? But there's also people who have to work hard at it. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that I didn't work hard because I did and I continue to work hard, but there are other people who, who put in the uh, 20 years of spending less than they earn, doing the 50% savings rate for 17 years or whatever it is. And uh, uh, so I don't think there's any one way that people come to financial independence, I guess is what the bottom line answer to that question is. And again, I had forgotten what the, I already forgot what the <laughs> first part of the question was. I don't think you should undersell yourself because when I think about people in the personal finance community, when I'm at Capify or see you in the lobby, you are always working. And I think there was a time in your life when you were doing multiple blog posts 
per day, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so that is a good point, Carl. So, uh, yeah, I used to do, my aim was two posts a day on weekdays and one post a day on weekends. So uh, I was aiming for 12 articles a week. And th this is back when I originally owned Get Rich Slowly, not now. And so, uh, but it, it was killing me. It's part of why I wanted to sell it. It's doing 12 articles a week was, it was, it's a problem, right? That's a, that's a hard, that's hard. That's a lot of work. It's insane. Were you on drugs? Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. JD no, is no. not on drugs. I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I wrote, I wrote millions of, well, not millions isn't like tens of millions, but I wrote a couple million words about personal finance. I used to have a plug-in in my blog that would tell me how many words I had written and, uh, I wrote a couple million words of, on personal finance and over the course of the last 16 years since I started writing about personal finance, I have constantly been revising uh, what I've written and it's become, it went from a bunch of scattered thoughts, a bunch of scattered thoughts and gradually it's become more of a coherent philosophy and it's a, it's a streamlined thing now so that I can go into classrooms and teach uh, different parts of the philosophy or, or go to Camp FI or go to a Chautauqua or, or whatever it is and, and teach people about the things that I think are important. When you sold the blog in 2009, was it a hard decision since you put so much time and effort and were you afraid that they wouldn't you know, keep the same um, spirit of what you were trying to do? Yeah, that is a great question. It was a hard decision and it wasn't a hard decision. So it, it was hard in that this was my baby. It was, and just like, just like you got to there, I was afraid of what might happen to the site when I sold it. I was proud of what I had created. I had created a community and I wanted that community to continue. Uh, so yeah, that part was hard. It wasn't hard in that I was burned out. Um, it's no secret that I've struggled with anxiety and depression and uh, it was causing me a lot of anxiety and depression. It was, I needed to get away from it, and I, I recognized that. So in that respect, it wasn't hard. But the ironic thing is, when it came time to sell, uh, the company that bought it originally offered me around 30% more than what I eventually took if I would stay on for three years to continue writing. I said, no, 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 no. And they said, okay, well, here's 30% less. And I said, perfect. Well, then I stayed on for free for three years and continued to write <laughs> because I couldn't tear myself away from it. I couldn't tear my, I, I felt beholden to the community. I felt responsible and I just couldn't make myself. So I ended up working three years for free and giving up a large sum of money that I could have had because I was, yeah. Right. It was dumb. And was it hard or how did you end up tearing yourself away? It sounds like it was a tear, <laughs> tearing away. It, 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 well, it was a gradually falling away in a way. It, it took me three years to find some other form of identity, if that makes sense. So uh, during the process of building Get Rich Slowly, Get Rich Slowly became my identity. It was who I was. And that's why it was, that's the difficult part of selling it. Uh, after I sold it, it took about three years for me to figure out other ways to build my personal identity and to find a sense of purpose. Awesome. How did it feel? When did you buy Get Rich Slowly Back and how did that feel? Well, okay, so you guys are asking good questions. So um, I bought it back in 2017 um, and a lot of people want to know why. And it goes to 
Doug's question a minute ago I, where it was hard to sell it because it was my baby. Uh, you know, here are all my words. I wrote those millions of words and I put them out there. And when I sold it, those words were not mine anymore. I gave away the, gave away the rights to them. Uh, so when the company that had bought the blog approached me and said, do you want to buy it back? I, first of all, I said, well, how much? And they told me, I was like, okay, that's a good deal. I, I bought it back for much less than I paid for it. And uh, I was it was a primarily an emotional decision. It was not an economic or a financial decision. It wasn't a smart financial decision. Uh, but it allowed me to regain the rights to the material that I had written. And so that felt great. That felt great. In retrospect, though, now, four years later, 2021, I recognize that I probably should not have done it. Because, I'm serious, it, it's because that stress is back, that anxiety and that depression from putting myself out there all the time and sharing my life constantly, even though most people are 100% supportive, it still, it brings me stress and anxiety. And uh, maybe the right solution for me is not to be sharing my life online. Wow, that's hard. I, oof. Can't you find some middle ground to <laughs> reconcile to keep up the good work? Because I know so many people appreciate your work and what you do and your openness sharing your struggles with, with depression with the world. I think that helps a ton of people, but if it causes you even more anxiety, it might not be worth the right book. Well, well right. So, yes, I think there is a middle ground. And that's actually uh, just before I spoke with you, gentlemen, I was speaking with Sarah Lee Kane. And we were talking about uh, the direction that I think I might take Get Rich Slowly. And that is to, uh, instead of making it an ongoing blog that is updated on a regular basis and is sharing my life journey, instead convert it to a sort of personal finance textbook where, uh, I mean, I have a table of contents already laid out for this online personal finance textbook. It would be very much like a 1998 website but with 2021 technology and sensibility. And so it's basically, I might have an article say on how to invest, right? And I make that, I only have one article on how to invest. Get Richelieu only has one article about that and it's maybe 12,000, 14,000 words. It's huge, it's like a small book or a handbook. And it's as good as I can possibly make it. I constantly update it. I'm not doing other articles about how to invest. I'm only doing this one and uh, Hopefully that is helpful enough to people that they're willing to share it with others, with their friends and their family. That seems like a great idea. Is that definitely the plan or is it one of the options you're weighing? It, it's like an 80% sure plan. So it's, it's a, I was just showing Sarah, I have it mocked up on my phone. It's like, well, I don't have it mocked up on my phone. I'm showing her on my phone that I have it mocked up on the website. Um, and I love the direction. Right now, the, the challenge is figuring out the technology. Do we put it in a WordPress system? Do I just hand code it? Right now, I'm just hand coding it. And uh, uh, if we, how much time do I do, devote to it? Do we, do we uh, try to make money from it in any way? Right now, Get Rich Slowly does not generate much income. So it's not any loss to not make any income at all. It's not like I'm throwing money away. Um, but. Uh, or, or do we actually say, okay, we are going to try to make money from it. I know that I would never have display ads in the revised version. It would be just clean. It, the goal would be to help people. The goal would be to help people, and that would be all I was after. It's fantastic. How well, should we end, Doug? 
Yeah, we should. We got to start wrapping it up. We just got the uh, the lights are flashing at us. So, <laughs> what, one thing that I definitely want to ask: So, you've been watching the Five Movement for a while, and are you surprised how it's blown up? Like, where do you see it going in the future here? Uh, I'm not surprised at how it's blown up. Um, I, I said in Orlando, so that was three years ago. I said that I think we've reached peak Phi, and I and I think it was true then, and I think it's true now. I think it's kind of just plateaued. Um, I think there will people that come to it, but I also see now that there are people leaving it because they recognize that a lot of people come to financial independence as a pursuit of money. And if that's the only reason you're coming to it, you're not going to last long in the movement because it's about, you've got to have bigger goals, I think, if that makes sense. You can't be coming to it just for the money because if all you want to be rich, I don't know. Does this make sense to you? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Financial independence is not a goal. It should be a small tool. To it should be a enable side effect. the rest of your life. Yes, it, uh, to me, financial—it's like getting out of debt should be a, a side effect of making smart choices, and financial independence should be a, a side effect of making smart choices and pursuing things that are meaningful yeah. for you. It shouldn't be a goal at all. Exactly what you said. I could not say it any better than that. It should be just a happy circum, a happy effect of the way you've been living, if you've been living properly. With a little bit of knowledge, too, maybe a little bit of luck, and hard work, like writing millions of blog posts a day like you did at one point. Luck and hard work. That's a good combination. I like it. Well, yeah, I was going to say, do you have any more questions? Or? I don't. Thank you. I've got a million more questions, but yeah. we are at the FinCon booth, and we are out of time, so thank you well, so much, Well, let's JD. go talk about them over beer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, tonight. You got it. Thanks, JD. Where can people find you? Uh, GetRichSlowly.org. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you.